This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls have plays. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The Guardian Lemosa. Now on. You do as I do. You may the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Ready for this? Welcome to Geek Hearing, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Moni and with me today is my lovely, glorious, amazing, wonderful, with a nice purple sweater that I didn't really recognize was purple, uh, amazing, glorious co-host Amanda. Even with applause today. Hi, Amanda. That was beautiful. I like those I applause. They should be every time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> How are How's you doing? Going? Jinx. Um, I am doing very well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. <sighs> and how are you doing today? Uh, I, my brain is all out the window, which we've already established in the last like 15 minutes, 30 minutes um, that we were already live on Twitch. But I feel otherwise it's going great. I'm glad I have to like hear a, that. No bullshit, no bullshit mood and stuff. That's going all fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, today we have a really wonderful topic, I think. I don't know. I, I just think might... it's going to be an interesting topic. Yes. Because, one way or the other. <laughs> because we already kind of spoiled each other that we probably won't agree. Um, well, I think we might agree in the, quite some few of the bits. But um, anyway, we're going to talk about turning red today. The new Pixar movie that's out now on Disney Plus. I watched this movie on Saturday, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. <clears throat> and I watched it after one of my D and D friends was like, "We watched Turning Red last night. It was really good, but it wasn't as good as Encanto. But everyone should still watch it." And I was like, "Never heard of it, Mom. There's new Disney movie." And then we watched it. Okay, I watched it Monday. No, yesterday. What? No, it's Wednesday today. Yesterday. I don't know when I messaged you sometime the last couple of days after we talked about whether or not we should talk about it. I was like, sure, after ages. Um, and yeah, then I watched it as well. And I didn't like it very much. Dun, dun, dun. That's all the spoilers that I have is that money didn't no. like it. So we, no. didn't, we haven't pre-talked about this. We haven't done anything. So yeah, I'm intrigued. Okay, so. <clears throat> this movie is about a young girl who turns who's who is 13 and uh sort of a red her emotions. Yeah, and it's like basically settled in 20 no 2002 Canada. Mm -hmm. Um and she's I am not actually sure I probably didn't pay enough attention Chinese descent. Um and they live in Canada. They have a temple there. And they worship the they worship the uh, goddess, which kind of is related to red pandas. That's all the I even forgot her name. What's the main May May's May? May Lynn um, is the main the thirteen year old girl, and they are like tending to the um, to the temple there. Her mother and 
Well, her mother mainly, her father is still is in the picture. So it's not like they're so the family is like all together, but the mom is like taking care of the temple. The father is taking care of the house and May is helping her mom take care of the, it's an ancestor, not a goddess. Familial temples are different than goddess temples. Thank you, Gemma. <clears throat> Yeah, I um didn't know that this film was or the the film movie was set in Toronto. So like seeing my like my home city in a Disney Pixar film all cartoony, it was it was really cool and being yeah. like, "Oh, I've been there." And like, "Oh, I've been there." It looks great as a as a cartoon and just like seeing a little nods to the like downtown and even just going through Chinatown, I was like, oh, this is bringing back like really cool memories. So is it really the city like kind of so in a way that you would say like, oh, this is like what the city looks like and stuff? Yeah, it was pretty so, cool. so accurate, actually. Like Gemma is saying in chat here, like it was so accurate. It was really wild just seeing like <laughs> our city right in there. Um, it, it was cool. There was so many like little things and calling it the sky dome was such a i was like it's the sky dome yes it is because it's recently not recently but it feels like it's been recent that it's been renamed the rogers center the like big arena and um or the big stadium it's where the blue jays go to play baseball and they call it the sky dome which is what it was called back in 2002 Aww. and i was just like yes that is its name <laughs> that's its name look at it now it's open top glory it's beautiful <laughs> I love that Gemma agrees with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's really exactly, cool. Exactly, yeah. Gemma. Like the Sky Dome will always be the Sky Dome. Like who actually calls it the Roger <laughs> Center? No one. We all call it the Sky Dome. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Okay. So I want to know, Moni, why didn't you like it? <sighs> I feel we should just kind of preface this. It's probably going to be like very spoilery here now because so if you haven't watched it yet, um, uh, maybe stop listening or something. Um, well, I think the reasons why I didn't really like it is like very vain, like very, very vain. I could not get on board with the animation. Like I could not in the tiniest bit, like I just did not like what it looked like. And I know it's a Pixar movie and everything. And it was like, and it's like, it just was the animation style just to really put me off to a degree where I was like, oh, I can't, like, I can't, I can't anymore. Like, it's just, it just was just, then I felt like, and, and there are a lot of things that from, a, from like, like my feminist, from the feminism perspective and from the diversity perspective and from the kind of theme that they want to go for, I can totally get behind all of that. Like I, I see how that's important. And you sent me an Insta story today and I'm like, yeah, that's really cool. It's really epic. And I see all of that. And I see that separately to a degree where I'm like, this is all amazing because once again, and that's what like Disney and despite Disney being like really uh, hypocritical with who they support and like supporting the people who vote for the don't say gay bill and stuff which they've now like kind of pulled their money out of it which is great so you can bully ceos into into submission in a way but <clears throat> so they have done a lot of stupid shit obviously but they're also really i feel with the all especially the last couple of movies really started to be way more diverse with with their films right so i see in this one once again that is also going that way right like they're the protagonist like she's chinese descent is in canada all her friends are like one is korean one is uh, a, a black girl so i feel like there is more representation all around in, in all these movies currently right so i'm like really here for that 
I just really didn't like the animation. And I feel like, and I know it's also, it should also hit me because I was like, well, I was a bit older, 2002, but it's also like my generation-ish kind of because Tamagotchis and boy bands and woohoo and all of that. And I can also kind of identify with it, but also it was so fucking extra all the time. Like all this shouty, shouty and crying. And there was like, everything was so constantly and that coming from me means a lot because i'm like always i know i know what you i know you're like looking like this but i'm like can we have like a, a like because i feel there are always more i don't know it was just so much for me then shocking that Gemma left it really yes that's true um but because i didn't like the animation and because it was all just Wah! i was like I couldn't get I couldn't get I could, couldn't get to the point of loving it couldn't mm. I was just like watching okay. it and it's not gonna be a movie that I'm gonna re-watch like I've watched re-watched other movies like I've already re-watched Encanto and I've watched a lot of other Disney movies and and <laughs> and and then yeah and <laughs> Deb says am I the only one who's so mourning with uh, when they saw the main character in the first few seconds yeah <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe that. it's also because I wasn't a 13 year old teenager like this. Maybe it was because I was a depressed little shit at home. Um, maybe. Um, because but, like when I was 13, I was pretty over the top extra. I was obsessed with Backstreet like obsessed. I went to my first Backstreet Boy concert when I was 11 or 12, I think 12. And I screamed so hard that the woman in front of us asked me to be quiet. So... <laughs> Like, I felt like I was that 13-year-old girl. I was like, yes, this is definitely who I am. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was also very all into all of that. Like, my entire room was full of posters of the Backstreet Boys and whatever other boy band came along at the time. The Moffats, the... Who else was there? A few of them. No, I wasn't in... I was a Backstreet Boys person. So I was... That was more of that. that. Um, No, they were... No... No, my main my main obsession were were the Backstreet Boys. Same. Um, but I was at the concert once, but I was never would have never been the one who like fainted at the very front of the stadium or something. So it was always mm-hmm. like still like we were there, kind of the back singing and woohooing and stuff. Woohooing sounds like we had like a great sexy time. We didn't, but it was know, just I'm like, like yeah, whatever. Sounds very Sims esque here. <laughs> New kids on the block obsessed showing my age. Yeah, and I, and I just. I don't know, maybe it's that's why I couldn't relate. And I also felt like so much of it seemed to be triggered by anger in a way. I can't I can't describe the and I know because obviously a lot of it because in especially in Asia, Asian and Chinese culture and stuff, there is this this um devotion to the elder generations and to kind of um don't fall out of that. Don't fall out of grace in front of your parents, and don't disrespect your parents, and and do what your parents want and stuff like that. So, I see that that is obviously also a point that I don't necessarily can relate to that degree. Like that doesn't mean that I don't. I didn't. I mean, I lived at home for way too long. There were that, and and I kind of. It took me becoming like twenty five or twenty six to generally question my family's. Well, my, my ch- choice of life and seeing that like if I don't want to get married I don't need to get married and all stuff like that so there's a lot of tradition that I carry with me as well that come came from being my parents kid basically but obviously not to the degree that it would be in like a in like a 
don't always respect your elders and stuff like that. That wasn't something that was was an issue with us, but obviously often is with with like Asian heritage. Um, and that was obviously a, a topic in the movie a lot because that's where a, a lot of the double life, let's call it, for May came about. Because on the one hand, at home she was that um, that daughter who was always treating her family right and trying to do right by her mom and stuff and outside of it she just lived this i am gonna do whatever the fuck i want kind of life and 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 i can see but it still felt like a lot of it was driven by so much anger because then in the end also that that well and because of her emotions and whenever they got the best of her she always turned into that red pendant and she was like sometimes way more chill and they then decided to so her family then decides that she had to has to put the panda back into wherever because she can't let her emotions go like that like then she needs to be in control of her emotions like all the ancestors have before because it turns out spoiler that all the women in the family um all turned into red pandas at some point um so they all had like this ritual on how they get back get the panda back and basically lock in in some kind of jewelry or something so that they can continue living their life as humans and not like split between being this red panda and being like uh, a person and i don't know it just felt like why the fuck are you so angry like i get that a lot of it comes and you get so angry towards your parents and stuff but so much of it was like kind of i don't know anger driven as well to a degree and like all the I don't know some of the characters I really like the redhead the redhead she had like three friends and they they were like the most important people to her and because she was thinking of her um friends she kind of could control the panda then um and like the three friends were also so extra like one of them I feel like never had a regular conversation she was on the Korean one which I do appreciate the Korean one was the first fat kid that I've ever seen a Disney movie I was like yay fat representation woohoo um but then in the end I just found her annoying and the only one i really like um really liked from her friends was the redhead and the other one because i feel like the redhead was the one who was more starting like normal conversations with her instead of just being all something i don't know okay okay um (laughs) i have a lot to say about what you said um number one I'm pretty sure the whole panda thing was a giant metaphor for for menstruation, for periods and PMS and like dealing with your emotions like as they come. Maybe. Um, I also loved like that when it first came up like and she was so so worried and everything like her mom showed up with all the period products and like was like that was That's just awesome funny. to see. But also like I'm pretty sure that the entire thing was about periods just and this was um uh, a Disney way to to talk about it and do it as well um so there's that um what else do you say i'm gonna read here uh what lizzie said because it's absolutely exactly what i thought like you're saying about being angry and lost and confused and all of that th- things like the things that that you're like it was just so over the top for me but like that is exactly what it is teenager and liz says it's the epitome of being a teenager which some of us don't really grow out of and like it hit really well and yeah absolutely like teenagers are going through all of the emotions all of the feelings everything um so like it just felt very accurate and very teenagey for me um and just like exactly like the epitome of what it is to be an emotion 
angry wreck, especially trying to push your parents' boundaries. Um, And now I'm going to read out what Gemma says, because as usual, she's making a fantastic. Uh, Gemma says, I think it's absolutely vital to note that this is part of a multi-thousand year history of familial ancestor ancestor trait lines in Chinese culture and mythos. Like it can't be divorced from the fact that this is a centuries old tale that has been retold in so many families and is essential to understanding the importance of animal totems in Chinese cultures for the communist revolution. Um, so like there's just, there's so much there with that as well. Um, like in terms of that familial and ancestral lineage, which I don't personally know enough about Chinese culture. Um, and their animal totems to really like um know all the ins and outs to talk about that but yeah um, like I, I think like it's it's a really important thing to note um and in terms of her friend group i loved them all <laughs> um my probably my favorite uh, character of a friend group was priya the indian girl um and did you notice that she was pretending to be a vampire i just saw that on some social media um, because um, it was like my favorite thing. I was like, look at her. She's so cool. Like she has all the coffin, like arms crossed, um, pretending to be in a coffin while on top of the roof and um, reading her vampire books and like doing the, yeah, getting all in there. It was, it was, it was great. It was so nerdy. It was so typical teenage girl. Like I'm really obsessed with like vampire books. So I'm going to pretend to be one all the time. Goth girl maybe maybe it's because I was like, I feel I was a weird kid, but I feel I was just different weird kid so i just can't relate to a lot of the things maybe that's why it just didn't bring so much home for me like it's not that i can't relate to a lot of aspects that it's touching on and that i didn't get all of that and i feel like yeah that's like relatable but equally maybe not as much relatable for me i don't know maybe that's why i'm just like huh about it and it's but that also but then in the end it's also not true because Encanto is also not something that I I could massively relate to but I liked it way more so I just can't put my finger on it was also really I can't and just need to say I didn't like the animation like Mm -hmm. I liked it to a degree well I liked bits of it but then the general vibe of the animation I didn't at all like and I can't even put my finger on it exactly what it was but just Something that really put me off. I don't know. Okay, that's fair. I really liked the animation. I thought that it was, I just really liked the way it was. Um, and I also really loved the overprotectiveness of Ming, um, Malin's mom, who would just like show up at school, hide behind trees, get like just being there all the time, trying to put her put herself in the narrative, be like, what is going on in my daughter's life? Because thankfully my my parents were quite respectful of my privacy, but I, I had friends' parents who were like all mine up in were business, my mom like, wasn't at all. Everything showing up at school and my mom still showed up at my work <laughs> when I was like past 20 and just inserted herself into shit and in general. So just I don't know. It was just I don't know. Yeah, that's a great point that Gemma is also making. Gemma, do you just want to be like a third co-host here? Um, <laughs> she says it, the animation was nostalgic of 2000s Canadian animation. Um, it wasn't very crisp. It was full of bull colors and it was exaggerated. Um, and you're right. It looks like TV that we watched then. And that's probably why I, I really like the animation as well, because of that nostalgia factor. It's like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is pretty cool. But maybe that's also partly partly part of it, because we already established how different like TV culture in North America was back in our days. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Especially and, Canadian media. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Canadian media. My goodness. I actually totally forgot about mouth. this and I read it the other day. Um, but back in like the 90s and early 2000s, a, a specific percentage of media uh, shown in school had to be Canadian. And everyone was always like, oh, no, not another Canadian movie because it was so bad, like stereotypically so bad. Um, but it was like it had it, so they actually put it into legislation that to preserve Canadian culture, we had to actually watch and read it and learn about it. Um, Lula says, I think also, though, it's not a lack of respect to a child's privacy, but more a sense of wanting the best for the child all the time. Yes. But as someone whose mother... It's really difficult to have a mother who is not showing you boundaries. And then it be even if it comes out of love for the kid, because then you re raise a kid uh, who doesn't understand how boundaries work um, and who has really hard time to. And I feel it's just really difficult. It's maybe And maybe that's also what kind of triggered me a bit. It's because watching it back. Because when you're a kid, you don't realize that, right? You don't realize that your parent is crossing a boundary that other kids or other parents have towards their children. And I feel it's just um, really difficult to then say, yes, it comes out of love. Of course, it comes out of fucking love. I know that my mother loved me, but that doesn't help me now as an almost 40-year-old woman to um, establish and make it possible and able to create like proper and healthy boundaries in your life because if your mother is getting angry at you for closing the door with a lock because you don't want her to secretly clean your apartment while you're at work and she's getting upset and making herself the victim from it then it's mm -hmm. just not something that's really fun right so I feel like and while I have like a lot of this embarrassment stuff that I'm like, they have literally almost nothing that I'm embarrassed about because my mom already embarrassed me because of something anyway. So I just have like, but that, that's why I feel like, yes, it all comes from a place of love, but it's at the same time, it's not healthy to put your child in a situation like this. Oh yeah, my mom secretly cleaned my apartment while I wasn't there because she decided it was too dirty. So she cleaned it while I was gone. Uh, and I was over 20 by oh. the time because I lived at home until I was 24. And even though I started to close, to, to lock the door and took the key away with me, she just um, got really upset with me because I locked it. Exactly. A lack of privacy is a form of control. Yeah. So that's just... And so, and then again, I see that all, all of this is also as a cultural aspect to it as well, right? Because it's getting even more difficult if you have this, even if you have this aspect of don't hurt your elders and always show respect to your elders and stuff. Um, I mean, I called my mom an asshole. Did that help? No, we called each other stupid bitches at the same. So it's, it was like we had a different conversation going on. But yes, what, what Lula says is common in like Chinese or general, um, some other Asian cultures as well, where the respect your elders is like, like puts an additional hurdle between formulating your boundaries because you can't kind of formulate your boundaries because you don't want to respect your elders as well. So it just makes it even more difficult. And I see that and it's still, I don't, I don't, I don't, and I, maybe I'm, not maybe I'm 100% not the right person to judge whether or not it's accurate kind of representation how it how it's been done that I assume it is um but again like this the situation with bringing the pets to school and stuff and I'm like hmm, I don't know yeah all things um 
you know, I, I think I really like that they showed this in a, in a film um, and that it's bringing up discussion about control and boundaries and overprotective parents and pushing those boundaries um, and that it's actually those boundaries. Um, like I've seen quite a lot of backlash about people saying, oh my God, I've seen so much backlash about this. <laughs> and just one well, of those is- people say it's just another left wing Disney movie about disrespecting your parents and shit. Yeah, there's that argument. There's the whole like, oh my God, I wish that somebody had told me that it was about period so that I could not watch it with my sons. And I'm just like, and oh yeah. So the, but yeah, one of the arguments is that about it being left-wing propaganda blah, 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 about like respecting your parents. Two it's seconds, like, no. you're breaking up. You're moving again. Yes. Okay. Um, what did I just say? Um, it's not left-wing propaganda from Disney oh, yeah. for- Right, about uh, disrespecting your parents. Like this is what so many- teenagers go through like so many teenagers want to push the boundaries and like it's not left-wing propaganda by saying like actually it's it's healthy and it's normal to do that like it's totally fine um it and they've done it in a really fun kind of way um like i i think that it was uh it's definitely bringing up the topic for a lot of people now um and having conversations that i think people may have shied away from before just thinking while we're talking about it i was thinking it's also the movie's also set in 2002, right? A lot has happened since 2002. I feel mm-hmm. like maybe it seems like such a break, like such some some such something so drastic because obviously, like the people that this movie is about are parents now, right? So it's mm-hmm. less, and they, a lot of them hopefully already kind of learned that parenting is not about emitting dominance and like creating dominance and shit um by being super overprotective but a lot of it is about conversation and have the kids try themselves out so maybe it just seems so extra because a lot of it has already changed or is changing to a degree um and maybe that's more of a story of our childhood when 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 things were and that's why it feels a bit kind of off um to a degree Hmm. now and seems so over the top well whereas it wasn't 20 years ago sure and i love what marcus said as well um he said i love the thought that disney shouldn't make movies where children question their parents because disney used to make movies only about evil step parents it's It's like that door is swinging the other way now and parents are like oh hell no (laughs) yeah um but Yes, Gemma. And Gemma makes another great point about it being in that weird kind of limbo time period um, between the modern internet age and the digital shift. Like Y2K has happened and people are mm. trying to learn how to be like an existing on the internet and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it is, it was a hard, especially in Canada um, at that time, it was hard to be like in that mid digital era. Like some of my friends had cell phones in 2000, but I didn't. Um, and like, it was, it it was that shift and like, it was, it was, it was weird being a Canadian in the early late nineties and early 2000. Um, and I say that as somebody who lived in the United States for a few years at the end of the nineties, um, like there was, they were definitely more culturally and digitally advanced than Canada was at the time. Um, so like moving back and it was like reliving those kind of early tech years again, it was like so bizarre. Mm, um, yeah. I feel our generation is a weird generation, hmm. like based on so many, like, and I feel probably every generation says, says it about themselves. Right. And it's not that, that the new, younger generations have it like so many things so much easier or something i just feel like yes it's really weird like 
<laughs> Sorry, I just had to laugh because of Marcus. Uh, because Marcus said, it used to be weird being it. a Canadian. <laughs> Have you come to terms with being a Canadian since? Mm. I know it can be a shock to some. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we we live in this, we live in this bracket of our parents being a generation that made it really easy to have living to a degree. You know what I mean? Like so many of, of them had, obviously most of them had built a house and bought and have like property and shit. Mm-hmm. And our generation now is in that gap of how the fuck are we supposed to, <laughs> to afford any of that? Right. Mm-hmm. Without, without being like, uh, I don't know, indebted for the last, for for all your life and then when you're like when you're american you're indebted your entire life anyway and then and then the not that that it's easier for the newer generation but then the the nobody's asking anything to that degree of them anymore you know what i mean because it like everybody accepts that the younger generation can't afford anything anymore anyway Uh, but our generation is still like kind of trapped or like attached to this where you're like, you're only, your life is only worth something if you have a house and a good job and a family and whatever. And and just feel as it's really a weird gap that the, the 90s, 80s, 90s babies are in somehow, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. No, there is, it's definitely a thing. It's definitely a generational mm-hmm. thing. Um and I just want to say thanks, Gemma, for understanding my my little Canadian <laughs> rant there. She says a thousand percent agree. Um, I think the time I grew up was one of the harsh distinctions in Canada, being different than the US while also trying so hard to just be like the States. And that's mm-hmm. part of why my Gemma's identity as a Canadian was so hardwired. And it, it's true. Like any Canadian that I meant traveling like mid 2000s um, was hardcore Canadian. Like it was 100 percent 1000 1 million percent the identity like singing canadian propaganda songs on a bus in scotland propaganda like, was a- songs <laughs> wow um no they weren't propaganda songs they were funny parody yeah songs. um yeah we were the generation taught to worship the maple leaf and we <laughs> did and there's Love a part that. of me that still does <laughs> despite all the problems because of what we were hard like we were it was Wild. just hard it was like really beat into us that we were Canadian, we were proud to be Canadian. And um, like, like I said, we had like Canadian conscription, conscripted media that we had to consume a certain percentage of Canadian media every single year. What happened during <laughs> those years that Canada felt the this hard necessity to be this to distinguish themselves from the US? Was there I think some it was like situation? the digital media, the internet, the more easy access to American culture, television, media, um, and then like learning about the rest of the world as well. Um, Wild. Yeah, like there was a big, 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 big push like to be interesting. very proud to be Canadian. Um, <laughs> Gemma says, I can't explain. I have a degree in Canadian studies, but it's too complex for this podcast. Well, Gemma, tell me, did, did I did I hit any of the points? Um maybe <laughs> we continue that conversation later. Um, but uh yeah, back to turning red because that totally went off on a little Canadian tangent, which I kind of loved, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but um I want to talk about how much distress people seem to have about the fact that they talk about period because there was there has been so much backlash on the internet it's almost all that i have seen is backlash about talking about period. really yes 
Um, Debs shared this link with me this morning. I'm going to drop it in chat here and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, it was, it's a Twitter thread and from like some Facebook group, uh, mom says, I watched Turning Red with my boys this weekend, boys aged nine and 13. They had tons of questions regarding girls and their periods. And then like a sad, I don't know, discouraged face. I wish there had been a warning before watching it. Anyone else? Like, okay, number one, like um, (laughs) as if we need a warning to talk about period. Um, But this is like not the first thread that I have seen um, about people like complaining about it being like talking about periods like I personally think it's fantastic that Disney is showing this because uh like 50% of the population rough figures are gonna have their period at one point in their life also why the fuck should anybody need to be forced to hide something that's just like happening to most of the a lot of the population at least Mm -hmm. once a month Mm -hmm. exactly exactly like me you just don't have it for years (laughs) yeah <laughs> well, yeah, that's unrelated. It's probably not called yeah. lucky, but it's kind of practical, at least. Yeah. Um. And anyways, it's just been like so much confusion, shame, disgust about the fact that it's talking about periods and how it's bringing up uncomfortable conversations with their kids. And like, it's not shameful to have a period. I, I feel like not I, shameful I don't to talk to about that. it. <laughs> it's not shameful to talk yeah. about it. I actually read. Um, I don't know where I read it, but it was a story about a girl. Uh, it was from a teacher. It must be on Twitter. Um, it was a story from a teacher who said that one of her students held up a tampon um, to ask to go to the bathroom. She just like held her tampon up and like shook it. And the teacher like nodded at her and the girl got up and left. And one of the boys just piped up and was like, did she just hold up her tampon to ask to go to the bathroom? And the teacher was like, yeah you got a problem with that and the guy was like no that's awesome that was really cool um just like owning that part and I was like that's awesome that that kid was just like I think that that's an awesome thing that she did because yeah. like it's it's starting to reduce that stigma around periods because like it was shameful like I was I was like not shameful but I was embarrassed about it um whereas like why there are so many things like there are like so many things attached to that right number one people don't talk about the periods how can people even understand their own bodies right and i feel it's important for everyone who has periods um man or woman right to be like to understand what the fuck is going on right and if you don't speak about it you have people hiding number one not knowing how to deal with the fact when it happens right because they don't haven't ever talked about it so how the fuck do they know what they're supposed to do because you don't you all you see is the fucking always ad on the tv but where there is like some blue weird fucking liquid running into it and then all of a sudden nothing happens spoiler alert that's not how it goes and then on the other side it's like um I had friends whose parents never talked with them about it. Not that I can remember how I had the conversation, but they never talked with their parents about it. They were too scared to talk, to get go to the parents when it actually happened. And then it ended up that they were hiding their pads under the bed from the parents because there was never a conversation about it. And I'm like, it's fucking ridiculous. You can't grow up and not know about your period and what that entails, right? And mm-hmm. And what that means for the body and for your fertility and all that stuff right mm-hmm. so i, I think that there is a lot of destigmatization going on about it like there's a lot more education even like i'm seeing even in like business groups that i'm in people are are talking about how 
like to work with your cycles and use your cycles, like to be a better entrepreneur and a better business person. Um, so like even middle-aged women are, are getting more open about talking about something that, you know, the older generation to us, like is still learning and everything. Um, uh, and learning to be more open. And there, there's just, there was one thing in particular in response to this thread. Um, and I was just like, this is why we need to talk about it. So one of the responses said, a friend had a boyfriend who at 26 didn't know women bled. He thought a period was a woman laying an egg like a chicken and that the pad was to catch it so it didn't break. And he dumped I his girlfriend in disgust when he found out the truth. So... <laughs> This, Maybe he watched a video with chickens and that's what he thought happened. This is why it's important to talk about periods and how I mean, they happen. To be honest, one of my ex-girlfriends, uh, ex ex-boyfriends wasn't very generally aware of how, about a lot of things work. And I was just like, excuse me, how the fuck do you not know that? Yeah. I mean, like, I remember when the first time I ever talked to a friend of mine about like a maxi pad. Um, I also would prefer to lay an egg, Sunny. <laughs> depends how big an egg. That might hurt too. <laughs> I mean, if it's not bigger, like a, never mind. I'm not going to. If it's like the size thing. of a chicken egg, it might just pop out of there. No problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Gemma. Yes. <laughs> he already was one then. So <laughs> didn't know a lot about that. Um, but yeah, like one of the first times that I ever found out about. But his, but his father was a doctor, Gemma. So I feel like that's, I mean, he was a dentist, but in essence, you know, there should have been some kind of information about this. Maybe. <laughs> and I didn't, uh, you uh, saw what Frazzy read. I didn't, I didn't clock that they said only women, only women bled. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't either. I'm not saying it wasn't in there, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't clock it. It was just because um, they didn't really talk about periods except for that one moment when. Ming was bringing in all the period products into the. <laughs> I love it with the basket. It, and everything. it was, was fantastic. It was like because that's what you need. Like that's what every little like. I don't every, actually everyone... think I ever figured out what the, what's the best thing to do is to be honest. But then yeah. again, I don't ever guess it. So <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, like I just think it's really important to talk about it and destigmatize yeah. it, and um, like it's gonna happen <laughs> to. I remember once in school, I painted tampons red and then we hung it on the wall. And then my Latin teacher, who was also a religion teacher, didn't approve of it. <laughs> in hindsight, it makes that's, sense why I didn't approve of it. That's why I did. Like, I'm curious why that was your art. I kind of love it, but also I don't why remember. Okay. I don't remember why I did it. I don't remember why I did it. I just remember that I painted the, I even painted the beginning and stuff. And it's all, and then I hang it and hang the, like a couple of them. It was not only one, it was a couple. I don't, but I, don't, I really don't remember why I did it. I love that. Like, and why not, right? Like just more tampon art. Sure. Why not? Or um, when men ask if we can just hold it in. Yes. Dude, I wish I would hold it in because Honestly. then it's not like when you sneeze and you feel like you just pissed yourself all over or something yeah but anyway oh, for sure no honestly like I've seen so many stories um coming out the past few days about like talking about periods and how like men just uh don't seem to understand that what actually happens with a period and that I think I think that there's that kind of ties into why a lot of male teachers like won't let you go to your bathroom, won't, won't let you go to the bathroom if you're on your period because they think you can just like actually hold it in. Um, like that's not how it works. And that's why they won't let you um, 
If I could hold it in, there would have been far fewer unintentional abstract panty masterpieces in life. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just always put the towel underneath your bed when you go to bed because fuck knows after eight hours lying flat on your back is just going every fucking where. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, so by 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, when when you get your period, like um, you already know how to like get blood out of sheets, get blood out of... Yeah, Gemma. Um, same Gemma white hotel still terrify me and towels. I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. That was a nice towel. <laughs> I know. Like who the fuck thought that's a great idea because that's know. like the worst fucking towel to give anyone like hand out white towels. And even, even if you had like sex with someone or something, and then you wash your bits afterwards, not everything is always like transparent and invisible mm-hmm. and shit like that. So what mm-hmm. the fuck, like why the fuck would anyone need a white fucking towel all the time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no thanks. Like, this is a bad, no. bad time. Um, <laughs> what was I saying before we started talking about white towels? Oh, yeah. Um, by like, by the age, by when you get your period, when like, um, you learn to like get blood out of sheets, get blood out of knickers, like you want, you learn how do to do you? that. Uh, did you just throw them out? Because I cleaned them. <laughs> I put them in the washing machine. Oh, that didn't always get the blood out. There's always some kind, anyways. Um, I learned really early on how to like remove blood from, from fabrics. Um, and like dealing like, so like you're dealing with that, you're dealing with cramps, you're dealing with like mood swings, you're dealing with all of this stuff. And these parents are saying like, Oh, my little boys don't need to learn this stuff. It's like, they do. You they do. really do. Yeah, they really do. We're going to have another generation people with no empathy. Also I feel like if there would be more education and more, well, more talk about it than there would be more understanding about general moods and stuff. Mm. Exactly. Your little boys may have girlfriends or daughters or whatever. So it's really important that we do these conversations and we just like explain to all of the little kids what's going to happen. <sighs> exactly. Gemma says um, everybody needs to learn how uh, all sorts of bodies work because gender and bodies shift over time and we need to um, just accept that human biology is complex and varied. Yes, 100%. And despite, like, even science, right, also needs to focus on different kinds of um, people and being able to not just do science on men and then extrapolate um, mm-hmm. on women. What's the quote? Women are not little men. Yeah. Biology and everything. Yeah. And then I mean, even the fact that we know that hard, hard... Even the fact that we know that heart attacks like show differently in men and women, just like so important because it's not always comes with a <gasps> moment like they show in all of the TV. That's why I just love Grey's Anatomy, right? <laughs> because they had like an entire episode of how what how Bailey had a heart attack and she had to really advocate for how she has a heart attack right now because she's a doctor and she knows that women's heart attacks work differently than like men's heart attacks and she knows she's having a heart attack right now so don't let us start about Chris anything I'm gonna stop mm-hmm. now sorry um so the I do want to talk as well about the director of this um, mm-hmm. because this is Pixar's first feature that has been solely directed by a woman um, I love that and, yeah her name is Domi Shi, and she is the first woman in the studio's 36-year history with that solo distinction. So 
Uh, she started back at Pixar in storyboarding back in 2011. Nice. And she was only 22. She was there as a staff artist, worked on the uh, Inside Out and Incredibles 2. In 2018, she directed, uh, she was the first woman to direct uh, a Pixar short called Bow, which was about a dumpling that came to life. Oh, I saw that one. It's so cute. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I need to. I haven't yeah. seen a lot of the shorts. Um, and she won an Oscar for it. And that put her on course to break a glass ceiling at Pixar. Nice. So uh, with Turning Red, um, it's where is it? Uh, it's a side of teen, uh, she says, it's a side of teen girls that you never get to see. Uh, we are just as awkward and sweaty and lusty excited as any boy. Um, mm. because that was the other thing in this, there was the like 13 year old teenage horniness, like being like loving on the boys and r- drawing your, like your fanfic with your crush. Like I, I couldn't thought draw, you were going like, to relate to that heart. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, yes, 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 yes. There was so much in there. Um, yeah. Like it was you frozen two seconds now. Now it hit so many good things. Yeah. Like, was it my favorite Pixar film I've ever seen? No, um, but it was it was great. And quote, did, Lizzie just said the quote, I like boys and I like to gyrate. Like, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. And Gemma says, like, <coughs> if she doesn't mind me sharing, like, she started writing erotica when she was 12. So feeling super seen by the lusty fan <laughs> art. Um, yeah. And Frasley was was curious, like, how far are they going to go there? And they tastefully show teen lust and hormones. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I think that this was that it touched on so many important, um, <laughs> important points. And I liked it. I did like it. Yeah. Like I Sorry see that you didn't. <laughs> no, it's like, it's fine. It's not, it's not that I was like, this is the worst movie ever or whatever. And I totally acknowledge that the reasons why I didn't like it, I like super vain. Like, it's not. But at the same time, I can also, I feel like <coughs> I can also dislike stuff for other reasons than the content. <laughs> sure. So, um, yeah. <laughs> for us, I said, because as a teen, I was born as fuck. I wasn't. <laughs> no. Yeah. I just and felt the need to get it over with because everybody was starting to get it. And I feel like I need to as well. But I don't think I was like super horny. Fair enough. Plains a lot nowadays. Yeah, does. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Gemma says, like, I don't think everyone needs to like everything. I'm yeah. I was really just curious why you didn't, because yeah, that was that was like but then when when if the panda then I have a question though. If the panda is an equivalent of maybe that's also something I missed, um, of periods, why is Ming's or my May's mom's panda so huge? Well, she must be a you know what coming up to her period. I don't know. I don't know. Metaphors be metaphoring. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, Liz says, I'm new to Pixar. All the Pixar films I've seen have hit me hard. This was another wonderful example of a film showing me it's okay to have feelings, even um, if the people in my life don't know how to acknowledge them. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. Those are all things totally see. Like, And then I also see that the... And I totally agree that it's important to have it. And at the same time, I'm not sure if that's the way I would have liked it. But also because of the typical asshole critic, I feel like uh, I can't give you a better. It's an example of how I would have wanted it differently as well. So yeah, I'm just fine. being an asshole here. No, not at all. Like, you don't need. I, I was just curious what what like why you didn't like it. Like, yeah, 
obviously totally fine that you like i was just curious why yeah i think we're no. allowed to know that. it's true yeah yeah maybe i need to watch it again because just to check if i might have like because i totally acknowledged that i potentially also missed some bits so maybe i will just watch it again for the sake of it because maybe it's a slow burner for me maybe yeah. who knows who knows i would be interested if you do watch it again what your thoughts are on if they've changed or if they're and like try to put yourself in like 13 14 15 year old eyes now that you understand what it was know a little bit more maybe yeah <laughs> marcus is, it's very ad- adult of me when i when i see something <laughs> i don't like i'm more like thank fuck i never have to see it again well it's not that i like if there's something i really hate then i'm definitely not gonna watch it again like i'm not gonna i don't have time for bullshit anymore in my life i'm just like no fuck that but at the same time I, like again i see a bunch of things that i really enjoyed and and it's not that i had like the worst fucking time of my life watching it but it's not usually one that I would be like, oh, this was so great. I have to watch it again tomorrow. Like the spy into the spider verse verse. Absolute favorite movie of all fucking times, which what would watch probably every fucking day because the best fucking movie ever made. Um, it's not like that <laughs> for me. So, um, yeah. And I just watched Into the Spider-Verse again recently and I just can't believe how good it is every single time. Every single time. I just think, eh, I watch it again now, it probably won't hit me like like it usually hits me. Every time, hits me every on time. the spot. <laughs> Best fucking movie ever. Never mind. But yeah, Turning it. Red is what we talked yeah. about. It is what we And I think that my final thoughts are talk about periods and feel your feelings. Yes, I subscribe to that. Yes. I mean, also, if you don't feel your feelings, it will catch up with you anyway, because they always do. And <laughs> it's just, it's just, an, it's just a bullshit that society tells us that if you don't feel your feelings, they go away. They never go away. They just bottle up and they just come out at really, really, really bad times. And then you're just going to suffer even more. And it's going to take you years to get rid of them or like deal with them because you don't want to get rid of them. You want to feel them. Um, and you have to feel them eventually. So um, may as well feel them as they come exactly yeah. way healthier to feel them as they come. way healthier to feel them as they come jesus christ so yeah do you have any other thoughts on turning around no okay if uh listener you have any further thoughts think that we're full of shit love it hate it whatever um let us know in the comments of the episode on social media send us a, an email join us in discord whatever you want to do exactly. we'd love to hear from you <laughs> Thanks for listening and see you next time with another amazing episode of Geek Herring. (laughs) Bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Herring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Herring and over on geekherring.com. 